And it's kind of that epiphany moment that either we're going to do something or this might kill us and we have another child and we can't do that. So we sat and talked about all those times when Aaron didn't get invited to birthday parties and didn't get the invitation to go to the football games and didn't get asked to do things and realized that if she had had somewhere to go where she felt safe and could have fun and it had absolutely nothing to do with therapy, just fun, just fun to be with other kids and meet other kids and create friendships that she probably would still be with us today. Welcome to an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney. I'm a normal guy. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm an entrepreneur. And I've been a football coach in inner city Memphis. And the last part, it unintentionally led to an Oscar for the film about our team, which is called Undefeated. I believe our country's problems will never be solved by a bunch of fancy people in nice suits talking big words that nobody really ever uses or understands on CNN and Fox, but rather an army of normal folks, us, just you and me deciding, hey, I can help. That's what Stacy Horse, the voice we just heard, has done. Stacy's daughter, Erin, was bullied and excluded by her peers because she had autism. And tragically, that isolation led to her taking her own life at only 16 years old. Stacy and her husband, Darren, chose not to be victims, and they started the nonprofit Aaron's Hope for Friends to create physical clubs where kids with autism can hang out on the weekends and just be buddies. You know, enjoy friendships as we're all meant to. I can't wait for you to meet Aaron right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stacy Horst, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Welcome to Memphis. Thank you. I um before we even begin, I've got to uh I gotta give you props. You're one of what I hope is the first of many, but you're a groundbreaker for an army of normal folks. Did you know that? No, I did not. Uh, you are, and and here's what it is. Uh so far, every guest we've we've had. Alex, our producer, and Iron Light Labs, and the people that, that make this show happen have worked really hard to find compelling stories of normal folks doing extraordinary things all over the country. And they found them through pouring through media and articles. And it, I guess it's good we're talking about this because one of the questions I get often is, how do you find all these people? And that's how they've done it. But you are the first of the organic, what I'm going to call the organic guest, in that um, we didn't find you that way. You found us. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember opening an email from you not that long ago. What was it, a month ago, a month and a half? How long ago? Probably two, two and a half months ago. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, early on in mm-hmm. our release. And Stacy Horst is our first organically grown Army of Normal Folks guest. I wish I had a belt around. I was just going to say woohoo. Yeah, you are the, <laughs> you are a woohoo. This is a woohoo moment for us, and really, you exemplify a microcosm of what the whole idea is. We're trying to grow a community that celebrates and listens and learns and 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 grows off one another and so you are the first of that community and so you will always hold a a special place in the history of an army of normal folks being the first organic guest we have so um in a very real sense welcome and thanks for being here well thank you thank you for what you're doing oh well thank you for what you're doing and um i gotta tell you when i read your email and we're not going to get to it yet um uh, wow, my heart skipped a beat, and I, I, I find 
the work that you're doing to be remarkable, frankly. Um, the 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 depth of the of the person you and your husband are is um, immeasurable, in my opinion, and and we're going to share all of that. So tell me about Rachel. Oh, not now. Rachel coming up. Rachel coming up. Oh wow. Um, she's a lot of fun. <laughs> She loved fun? Uh, no, she's just, she was a, a very fun kid. Very sassy, um, <laughs> but very sweet. Um, she was a good older sister. Um, she, you know, just, she loved. What was lo- she into? She loved the arts. She loved to, she did, my, both of our girls did everything. They played sports. They did arts, you know, involved in church. And Rachel ended up, both of the girls ended up, going finishing school in Atlanta because that's where we ended up last and she ended up going to Savannah College of Art and Design oh cool and she's a photographer that's very cool yeah is she and she's married now she is she's married her husband also went to SCAD and that's where they met wow that's the artsy family do they have kids uh they have one little boy who just turned two He's probably a meathead football player and he'll never do the arts. That'll probably what'll happen. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Pretty artsy Yeah, group. we'll see. All right. And so tell us about Aaron. Oh, um, Aaron loved animals. Um, Aaron was um, <laughs> a very sweet little girl. As we'll talk about, she was diagnosed with autism when she was three. And... Um, really her passion was animals she she also played sports she played every sport known to man and um, she loved to give away her stuff nothing that she had was hers everything she had could be somebody else's if she saw that somebody needed something she would come home and get it and go give it to them Uh, and without telling us by the way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she played the drums. Um, she was a, an awesome drummer. She was in a band, and one of the kids at school who was also in the band and played the drums needed a kick pedal, and she had two. Um, don't know if you have kids that play musical instruments, but this stuff is not cheap. It's expensive. Yes, and um, she came home and took the kick pedal, kick pedal back to school the next day and gave it away. So she and just, we just, found out weeks later. So she's a sweet kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. And loved animals. Yes. And had a big heart. Yes. I, I got to ask you, um, how, you know, people listening to us are going to hear this whole story in depth. Um, but I got to I gotta get to get to what you're doing and why. I, I really want to put a face on both Aaron and your family, um, three. Now, when you say she was diagnosed with, you said level one autism, is that how you say it? I think that was formerly referred to as Asperger's. Am I right about that? Yes. Why don't we call it Asperger's anymore? That's a good question. I'd like to know that myself. Um, they chose to change the DSM-5, which is where you go for diagnoses, um, and they put ev- they lumped everything under ASD, which is Autism Spectrum Disorder, 
why they did that, I don't know. Because these teens, young adults, children um, who are in level one or Asperger's are and can be much different than what a level three would be, which could be nonverbal, having tantrums. How many levels are there? Three. There are three. So I'm assuming then one is the slightest level, then two, then three is the deepest level. I'm asking. I don't know. I really, is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, You know, so many people are blind to autism that they don't really understand. I mean, you know, is a, is a level one person um, functioning in a way that maybe you wouldn't know unless you just got up close and talked to them? Because I hear you say she loved animals. She played sports. Was she, you know, mainlined in school? You you see what I'm saying? Sure. Explain that existence. I think that it's, um, yes, I think that you can look at people in, in level one, and unless you go up to them and have a conversation with them, because basically one of their biggest deficits is their social interactions. Like you and I are sitting here looking at each other in the eye, having a conversation where they find that extremely difficult to look you in the eye and to have a conversation on point. Um, For example, if Aaron was in a a group and they're talking about going to a football game and they were having a conversation and she wanted to add something to the conversation, she would be standing there thinking about what she wanted to say for probably 60, 90 seconds before it would come out of her mouth. Well, for us, 60 or 90 seconds is a long time and we've already we've already moved on. Like we're not talking about the football game anymore. We're talking about where we're going to have dinner or what we're going to eat. So when they choose to say something, then they're behind. And sadly, that's where a lot of them get ridiculed or bullied because they're trying to fit in, and yet they're behind the eight ball in terms of the conversation. And it's really a social thing, but their, you know, their brilliance is amazing. Could Aaron verbalize the world she saw differently than everybody else to you, and, and would she do that with you? Oh, absolutely. What would she say? What would the? What did the? How did the world look different to Aaron as an? a child with autism level one than it would to you and me. Can you give me an example to help me and the listeners kind of go, Oh, you know, I, I, I didn't realize that they would see it that differently. I mean, h- how would she verbalize that she would see things that were different than the way you would see them? I think the biggest thing is the level of compassion, the the level of emotion. So how, how she felt and saw in certain situations, whether it's at school, whether it's at home, in the neighborhood with friends, it's it's like a a, a richer emotion, if you will, um, of caring for other people. Where I would say, I don't want to say like we're more crass and we just go about our day and do what we want to do, but she 
you know, we do sense other people, but she would sense other people's emotions and especially in the essence of someone was sad, um, if someone was hurt. And now a few messages from our generous sponsors. But first, I, I hope you'll consider following an Army of Normal folks on all of our social media channels for more powerful content, which is also great for sharing to help grow the Army. Our handle is at Army of Normal Folks on all of them except Twitter, which I guess is X these days, which is interesting because everybody says X, formerly called Twitter, so we might as well just call it Twitter, whatever, at Army Normal Folks. We'll be right back. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Hi, come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I said earlier when I got your email that, um, you know, it, it resonated with me deeply. Um, so my wife is, uh, she might kill me. She's 51 and she has a sister that's in her forties and that's the youngest, actually late thirties. It's her youngest. She has a brother that's in her forties. But when I met Lisa, 
her little brother was eight and his name's Ben and he's special needs. And uh, his special needs is a, a result of him having encephalitis when he was an infant. Um, ben is highly functional, um, but has the mental capacity of, you know, maybe a first grader mm-hmm. in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one of the beauties of Ben is that he can go to Florida on trips, right? He can ride a he can ride an airplane, and he can go with us to family vacations, and go out to eat and eat well, and he he can feed himself and dress himself and bathe himself and all of those things. Um, but I have watched my in laws um, spend the last thirty two years of their life caring for Ben in a way that is. Um, heroic um they gave him every opportunity that they could give him within his capabilities to have as normal life as possible while also protecting him from the things that he can protect himself from um he's been beaten by staff care staff before um he's uh he's endured trauma um and he has at times expressed his deep sadness and grief that he wasn't normal. Um, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But in the same respect, a real blessing to our family. When I read your email, I felt you um, deeply. Um, and the reason I want to know what you felt like when you found out that at three that Aaron had, I don't know, I want to call it Asperger's, but I think that's woke and correct. Level one, whatever, um, was a child with level one autism. I think that's why I'm supposed to say it properly. I mean, no disrespect. Um, I I think I know a little bit about what kind of shock that was to your family dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is to be perfectly candid gut-wrenching but it's also what god's put in your life and it's a blessing you've been giving and you go to work mm-hmm. absolutely so what that work look like from three to call it eight or nine <laughs> years old for you and darren and Darren, and why rachel. i asked so much about was <laughs> rachel mm-hmm. because i also understand the dynamic of my wife when she was a teenager trying to figure out her stuff having a special needs brother and that's tough. Mm-hmm. So it tell was. me about that dynamic. You did well, what, like what you said, you go to work. I mean, you find out whatever interventions you can do, whatever um, treatment you can do, uh, training, anything to try and give them. I mean, she went to speech therapy occupational therapy. I mean, I think we did every kind of therapy known to man. And you're um, driving her all over the place. Uh-huh. And doing everything you can. Yes. And there was, if it's anything like my experience, there was no thing that might make her life a little bit better that you wouldn't drop and go do. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And y'all did that. Oh, yeah. 100%. How did it affect Rachel? Um... That's a good question. 
No, I think that it's, I, I mean, I saw when it, as you're talking about your wife, Lisa. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're a teen who's trying to figure out your own way in life and you have a special needs sibling. And I, I, I know that a lot of time and energy is spent trying to, I don't want to say make that right. Um, but to, to help Aaron. And so therefore, you know, there is time that I think that's taken away from the other child. And then it's hard when Rachel's trying to figure out her own thing. And she, (laughs) she has a sister that wants to, um, come with everywhere, everywhere. And, you know, Rachel would have people over to the house and they'd be down in the basement. And, you know, of course, Aaron wants to be a part of it. Um, one of the beauties of Asperger's and I call it that because that's what she was diagnosed with. Good. If you call it that, I can. Yes, you can. (laughs) Um, You know, she would um, now I lost my train of thought because we talked about that. But, you know, Rachel, Aaron wanted to be everywhere. And oh, I know the blessing was that Aaron got along really well with people older than her and young kids. Mm. It's the it's the peer-to-peer relationship that is the struggle. So all of Rachel's friends, she well, loved them. Oh, yeah. yeah well, and she Aaron. loved them because she could go over and she could talk to them. And I'm sure for her, it was like being normal. What she thought normal was like. But that also got in Rachel's way, so. Well, and the reason I ask is, you know, I... Again, I think it's really important for people listening to us to understand that when uh, an Aaron or a Ben come along in your life, it's a it's a family occurrence. It is a it is a life altering and many times for the better. I don't want to make it sound like it's all negative because but there is. But, you know, frankly, People cringe when you say there's negatives, but there is negatives. It's mm-hmm. just the reality of it. There's mm-hmm. difficulties. It's tough. It does change family dynamic. It doesn't mean it's all bad, and it doesn't mean you resent. But the reality is there's some tough there's some tough things that come along with all of it, and it's important for people to understand that parents and families with kids like Ben or like Aaron with Asperger's are going through their own difficulties mm-hmm. to try to make the best life they can for their child. And a little understanding and support, not only for the person with Asperger's, but the families caring for them is really important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did it's, you have that? Um. I think in the beginning, you feel like you're on an island. Exactly why I asked. Yeah. Like, you know, you feel like you're on an island and you're trying to figure out how to get off and what's going to be the best way to get off. And um, through time and being involved in different things, I think that you acquire that group or that support. But in the beginning, you definitely feel like you're out there all by yourself. Which we will come back to. 
in terms of the importance of the work that you're now doing. Um, because I think the work that you're now doing is not only really vital for people with Asperger's, but also for the families surrounding them. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a parent with a kid struggling with this and you're struggling, um, and I know you got to be proud. I mean, she's sweet. She's cooking. She's caring for kids. She's playing sports. She's doing all these things. But then um, she's also a kid with autism. And I'm not making excuses, but I remember Ben. And you can't really expect 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids to really deeply understand someone who's not like them. And I'm not excusing bullying or being off-putting, but I, I've i seen it, you know? And did Aaron feel different? In what way? Well, did she get invited to birthday parties? Ah, uh, no. Oh, absolutely, they feel different. Yeah, no, they don't. And, and did with- she verbalize how that hurt her? In the essence of saying, you really found out about it more after the fact. Mm-hmm. Because see. you wouldn't really know, as a parent, if my child's not invited, I don't know that that's happening. Invited. Right. Until she finds out that so-and-so had a birthday party and she wasn't invited. Well, then you find out. Well, did so, she ever come to you and say, Mom, why am I not getting invited to the birthday parties? Did she ever verbalize that kind of thing? I, you know, I think that she did. I'm trying to remember one specific um, occasion. But I can tell you with the beginning of social media, I mean, that's made it. Oh, because she's seeing all her friends on Facebook at parties and stuff, or not her friends, but her classmates or peers. Right. And she's not there. Correct. Then it hurt her. Yes. And you knew it. We knew it. And she would say stuff, but I can't, I can't remember like one specific situation where she came to us and, um, I can't imagine, you know, but yes, I mean, the social media is, although it can be beautiful, it's awful. I, I, I can't imagine the, I mean, you had to have just, your heart had to have broke for her. It breaks now. Just yeah. thinking about it. I'm sorry to take you back through it. I no, just want it's people. it's okay. <laughs> well, I really want people to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And until people really get the depth of this, and I understand the depth of it. I've, I've watched it. I've, I've watched people do the, um, you know, the making fun of by jerking hands or whatever. I can't even verbalize what I'm saying, but the, you know, people will do certain things that um, simulate or articulate non-verbally special needs people. And I've watched them do that behind Ben's back before. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I've wanted to beat their I'm right there with you. Um, 
So I said earlier, but yeah. nobody better give me a gun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it will not end well. <laughs> it, it's it it's it's wrong on so many levels. But what it is is it's it's a lack of maturity and understanding again of what an entire family goes through. We'll be right back. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024. And we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother or, in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I think that it's, and, and, and I say this because for anybody who hears this podcast, if you're having struggles with a child, regardless of whether they have autism or not, um, if they're being bullied, you have to, have to, have to just make sure that you are alert. Erin um, was bullied at church. She was bullied at school. Um, she was bullied in sports. And did you see it? Did you see it happen? Again, you find out after the fact. 
But how can you go, you know, and, and I, at church, she went on, she went on a camp retreat and she was in a cabin with three other girls and the three other girls went to the counselor. Sorry. I'm <laughs> and, sorry. <clears throat> it's okay. Asked if they could leave the cabin. And they let the other three girls leave the cabin and left our daughter there by herself. On a camp. Mm-hmm. At church. <laughs> so it can happen anywhere. Um, it can happen online, which it did. It happened through email. And all these things, and, and to your point, when you asked me if she told us before, when that email came to her, she walked downstairs with her computer and showed us what it said. What did it say? said basically that she was horrible and she should kill herself. And it came from a classmate? Three classmates at school. And she went to a school for children with disabilities. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So the, nowhere is safe, I guess you could say. And I hate to say that. Um, you know, it breaks my heart. But it's true. Um, so anyway, these things were happening. And she had talked prior about not wanting to live. And um, we had been going to the, a counselor and a psychiatrist and... Um, you know, put her on antidepressants because she, you know, was obviously not happy and didn't want to be here anymore. Um, and that's when we went through the big snowstorm in Atlanta that shut the world down. And we were actually looking at different schools to move her to a different school. Um, and she she had gone and tried a new school the the day before, and um, I think that she was scared to death that she was going to have to go back to the other school that she was currently at. Um, and she made a huge thing of lasagna. We were having the neighbors over because everybody was stuck in their houses because it had snowed, and uh, I went to pick up one of our elderly neighbors in my car across the street because you couldn't walk. It was so icy. And um, unfortunately, Erin went upstairs and took her own life in her room. I'm so, so sorry. I'm, I cannot imagine that pain. Um, and I guess you come home to that? Yeah. Um, my husband was at home. He found her. And then I came in and we tried to call 911 and tried to resuscitate her. Nobody deserves that. Um, I, uh, do you need to take a break? Are you good? I'm fine. Strong woman. <laughs> Um, so that's what happens when people get bullied and that's what happens when kids with special needs, um, have to live in a world where, uh, people are too uninformed and too selfish to, um, care 
mm-hmm. beyond themselves. And um, like I said before, we heard the outcome of Aaron's life is that um, this is a thing that an entire family deals with mm-hmm. in life and in death. Um, I, and I think we can all agree it's one of the worst things in the world is the thought of a parent outliving a child and the trauma that that causes a family. You, however, have managed to figure out a way to turn that on its head, which is what we're going to get to and celebrate. But one last thing before we get there, what, what happens next before you go to work? You're dealing with grief. You've got your kids' belongings. Hmm. You've got another daughter. You've got a husband and a wife who are both traumatized and both feeling all of their own stuff, probably, oddly, including maybe even some guilt and what ifs and all of that crap you got to go through. How long did that last? What's today? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it hasn't stopped. It, you know, it's, I, I don't. How long ago I have was ne- this? I haven't met another parent who's lost a child that still, to the day that I meet them, you still are going through all that. You still go through the what ifs. You still go through the guilt. You still wonder, what could I have done? What, you know, what could I have done differently? So I don't think it's, there. there is no end to that. There won't be an end to that until I see Aaron in heaven. So you carry it with the, the rest of your life. I think so. So when I was in ninth grade, um, on daddy number four, I got into a fight um, that I started. I didn't really start it. He was kind of a jerk, but I, I started. <laughs> I started the fight part. And um, it was an unwise decision by me because he dotted my eye pretty good. But anyway, I had to go to the coach's office because back then, if you were a football player and you got into a fight, they didn't send you to principal. You went to coach's office. And Coach Spain, who's passed now, was my coach. And um, he took a pretty special interest in me. He was a guy from a little town called Milan, Tennessee, where they go mm-hmm. cotton no-nonsense, old-school, raw-bone guy, um, and was that way as a coach, but was one of these guys who had the ability to really be in tune with not just the football player, but the person, you know? And he took, he was really a mentor, somebody I just, I think every high school kid kind of worships their football coach, at least they did back in my day, but... um, it was on another level with him. And so I was in his office at the door closed and he asked me why I did what I did. And I just told him I was angry. And he said, well, you got a lot to be angry about. He said, you know, I understand you're going through a lot of stuff. And he said, um, and he said, but you know, you're, you're a strapping young guy. And he said, you really have a decision to make Billy back then I was Billy. He said, you really have a decision to make, Billy. He said, you can decide to be a victim of 
all of the chaos and trauma and dysfunction that's in your life and be just like them. Or you can denounce it, recognize it's a wonderful illustration about how not to live your life, and you can be a rock that other people break themselves on. Hmm. I love that. And he said, you can decide. And he said, and I can tell you this right now, you at your age can't control any of the dysfunction you're dealing with in your life, but you can absolutely control what you decide to do about it with it. And I'm not going to say it was that very instant that I had an epiphany, but it was the beginning of me deciding that I was going to denounce victimhood of my circumstances and be a rock other people are going to break themselves on, and that I was going to rise above it and quit feeling sorry for myself and recognize that everybody has trauma, everybody has problems. The, the level of the difficulty in some people's lives are certainly more than others, but everybody experiences stuff. Mm-hmm. And I could either fall prey to it and be a victim of it and feel sorry for myself and end up just like them, or I could be a rock other people are going to break themselves on. And I think there's certain times in our life that we all have an opportunity to demonstrate our willingness to be a victim or a rock. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When is it you decided to be a rock? Four days after she passed away. Tell me about that day. Um, as you were talking about before, we, you know, you were obviously living in the house and all of Aaron's belongings are there. And um, she passed away in her bedroom. Um, so we were going through her stuff. Um, oh, gosh. And that, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That <laughs> How do you do that? I, I don't know. <laughs> That's Four a, days after your child's gone and you're going through her stuff in her room. We just <laughs> went in and sat on the floor. And it's kind of that epiphany moment that either we're going to do something or this might kill us. And we have another child, and we can't do that. So we sat and talked about all those times when Aaron didn't get invited to birthday parties and didn't get the invitation to go to the football games and didn't get asked to do things and realized that if she had had somewhere to go, where she felt safe and could have fun, and it had absolutely nothing to do with therapy. Just fun. Just fun to be with other kids and meet other kids and create friendships that she probably would still be with us today. So... With Aaron still heavy on their hearts and minds, Stacy and her husband Darren created that place, and she tells that incredible story in part two, which is now available. And I'm telling you guys, you do not want to miss it. But if for some strange reason you do, 
Make sure to join the Army of Normal Folks at normalfolks.us and sign up to become a member of the movement. By signing up, you'll also receive a weekly email with short episode summaries in case you happen to miss an episode or you prefer reading about our incredible guests. Together, guys, we can change this country, and it starts with you. I'll see you in part two. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse... I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.